Good afternoon, Bay Area. You're listening to the Bay's number one crime investigation podcast. Today, we are investigating the U.S. military's growing drug problem and how our troops are affected by the epidemic. Drugs. Prescription and illegal are all crudely looked down upon in the military. Many active troops, like the ones you will hear from in the CBS interview concerning the drug issue, say that drugs are a big concern to all members of the military, saying that a person under the influence can be a threat to themselves and to the safety of their fellow recruits. In this story, CBS interviews three Navy SEALs with their voices changed and identities hidden. The trio voiced their opinion on how the illegal drug epidemic has affected their time in the Navy SEALs. All of the drugs David Martin, the reporter on this article, mentioned seriously affect a person's mind. This indicates why high-ranking commanders in the military take the issue of substance abuse very seriously. And not only because they catch a few SEALs with drugs in their system, but because they keep catching SEALs under the influence in urinalysis tests. The issue keeps bouncing back. Leading to what the Navy calls a safety stand-down, in which all training is halted for an assembly meeting held by Captain Jamie Sands, who is in command of more than 900 Navy SEALs on the East Coast. The base held an assembly meeting of all Navy SEALs present. Captain Sands stated that, I feel betrayed. How do you do that to us? How do you decide it's okay for you to use drugs? The three SEALs stated that the main reason men and women in the SEALs are using drugs is because they have seen other comrades use them, and that many troops don't report drug abuse in the barracks. The three SEALs in the article stated that, people that we hear of, people that we know about, have tested positive for cocaine, methamphetamine, heroin, marijuana, and ecstasy. That's a problem. The marijuana bit can be confusing to some since it has been legalized in a few states, so I'll clear this up. The military has a zero-tolerance policy for any kind of drug abuse that can have a significant effect on the individual, with even prescription drugs being checked with the military to be sure it won't affect the soldier in any way that can harm himself or anyone else during a mission. Marijuana counts in this. So military policemen will perform urinalysis tests on soldiers returning from the barracks after they return from leave. But this kind of security can't keep all soldiers away from illicit drugs. According to the National Institute on Drug Abuse and Department of Defense, study in 2008 showed that 2.3% of active duty military personnel had used an illicit drug in the past month, compared to the 12% usage in civilians tested. Among those aged 18 to 25 who were most likely, the rate of military personnel was 3.9%, compared to the 17.2% civilians who use illicit drugs. Illicit drugs refers to illegal drugs. Both the Institute and the Department of Defense say that the military's zero-tolerance policy is responsible for the low numbers recorded. The zero-tolerance policy for illicit drugs was instituted in 1982, which was considered part of the post-Vietnam era. This was a time period in the late 70s and early 80s where the U.S. was struggling with drug abuse in their military and civilian population. The most notable drugs during this time period were cocaine, heroin, marijuana, and LSD. This policy was a runner-up to President Nixon's drug prevention program which was implemented after many troops stationed in Vietnam were abusing heroin and marijuana, thus were unready for combat. While illegal drugs are popular, opioid abusers have been on the rise. In 2008, 11% of military personnel were reported abusing opioid medication, up 2% in 2002 and 4% in 2005. Between 2001 and 2009, prescriptions for painkillers dramatically rose, filling almost 3.8 million prescriptions in the U.S. military. The Institute reports that the greater accessibility of these drugs fuels their growth of abuse and that the strain of carrying heavy equipment during deployment may be the main reason opioids are so popular. The Institute has also done studies on suicides in the military and in the civilian population. In 2004, the U.S. Army suicide rate began to climb, surpassing the civilian rate in 2008. 
2010 report from the U.S. Army Suicide Prevention Task Force found that 29% of active duty suicides from 2005 to 2009 involved alcohol-slash-drugs, including opioids. In 2009, opioids were involved in a third of these suicides. I know that sounds like a lot of information to process, but hasn't the U.S. government at least investigated how the drugs are coming in? How are troops buying them? That's something we will cover in part two after this message. Ever get pulled over for a speeding ticket? Were you aware that only 12% of police patrol cars are equipped with radar guns? Even though 70% of ticket fees go into a cop's salary? That means that there's a good chance that when you were pulled over, he didn't even know you were speeding. All you have to do is shut up. 1-800-SHUT-UP has their best legal strategies to ensure your innocence. All you need to do is shut up. We also cover DUIs, armed robbery, illegal drug smuggling, terrorism, mail fraud, tax fraud, tax evasion, copyright, and theft. Just give us a call at 1-800-SHUT-UP. Hello and welcome back to Investigations, the Bay's number one criminal investigations podcast. When we last left off, we were discussing the U.S. Army's increasing drug problem, and we stopped at the strange conclusion that the U.S. Army has been pursuing illegal drugs for decades, but still struggle to stop the flow of their soldiers. With a little more research on the topic, I found a video posted by RT America, in which one of the reporters interviewed a hospitalized veteran. The vet has his face blurred and his voice changed to conceal his identity. The veteran explains that it is common knowledge that there are dealers who set up shop in hospitals. These dealers either work in the hospital as staff or regular visitors to the men inside. These dealers sell drugs to the hospitalized soldiers that can't get medication in their prescription. But the dealers aren't just looking aren't just people looking to make some extra cash. They're organized and they're aware of their market and know how to sell. So who's behind this? An article posted by the Business Insider shows a picture of a U.S. infantryman flashing what the FBI identifies as a West Side gang sign, popular with West Coast gangs in the U.S., including the notorious comments between three of the most infamous gangs in the U.S., the Crips, Bloods, and MS-13. The article was posted on the Business Insider in 2011 and gives us a link, viewable for the public as an FBI threat assessment. The assessment lists all the drug gangs that are currently in the U.S. Armed Forces, with the largest and most active gangs being the Aryan Brotherhood, Hells Angels, 18th Street Gang, Crips, Bloods, and MS-13. All of these gangs specialize in human trafficking, drug trafficking, weapons trade, weapons manufacturing, and organized prostitution. All of these gangs are currently involved in territory disputes to gain more control over different clients in the area. These gangs have joined almost all branches of the military. They pass this training to their recruits, fueling conflict. These criminals are profiting off of other people's misery. The harm caused by people who are caught in the hole of addiction are being exploited for profit, and the harsh experience of combat just makes an escape seem worth it for a person with trauma, while also making suicide seem more of a viable option for the person. And these drugs also make it worse for them and their families. All branches of the military offer services to talk about trauma and are aware of an individual's want for peace. So along with post-trauma counseling, these services also offer rehab services that can be included with active service member health care. But when a soldier is caught with a substance in his system, they can be dishonorably discharged, canceling all benefits they otherwise would be able to receive. This method of catching people under the influence may be defective, but it hurts people who cannot control their addiction. If the U.S. Armed Forces were to offer support to their troops instead of cutting them off, more people suffering from addiction can get help. And if more people that have trauma are able to receive help, the military's zero-tolerance policy would eventually stop the flow of drug abuse and convict gang members dealing within the U.S. military's and veterans' hospitals. If we can alter the zero-tolerance policy to deal specifically with dealers and try to help people suffering from drug addiction, we can look forward to a substance abuse-free future. Thank you for listening. This is Investigations, signing off. (music) 